Hello there, and welcome back to the SWTVC podcast, the audio home of the SWTVC crew, and the ongoing push for the continued existence, expansion, and success of the heritage scale of Star Wars collecting. I'm Evan, or as you may know me on Instagram, Mile High Ground, and I am joined, as always, by the true host of the show, John Linquist, aka The Vintage Concepts. How you doing, John? Good. How are you? Uh, better than you. I'm not sick. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> Getting over it. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? The cool thing for you is you've already got a cool, deep voice, and it's going to oh, sound thanks. even better <laughs> and sexier, this voice, and everybody's going to be like, yeah, we want him. That's uh, That was my hope. That was my dream. That's why I got sick. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, <laughs> well, this week, we are wanting to focus on a little show. You may have heard of it. It aired from, what, 2013 to 2018. Close. Uh, 2014 to 2018. Yes. Ah, yeah. It's it in the notes. Together. We'll get into it. Yes. Uh, it's called Star Wars Rebels. And I know there's some folks, maybe even listeners of this show, that think, I don't watch cartoons. Well, buckle up. You're about to listen to an hour and a half of why you're wrong. So... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but before we jump into that topic, let's kind of go over the usual business here at the top of the show, including mail call. John, have you gotten anything in lately? I got some actual mail. As you said, we Target is actually shipping some of their bobas at this point. Uh, they shipped my 90s bobas in actually surprisingly good condition, two of them in a box with no protection whatsoever, but one is good enough to keep carded, one uh, was good enough to open. Um, and a local friend found the 80s ones uh, at a store. I see them popping up around town, which is nice. So, uh, yeah, we can finally move on from this Boba experience. Unless you didn't find the Kinner ones in store when they were in store for like a day three months ago. Mm -hmm. And still, ha still have not shipped. Yeah, that's they're just sitting there. My, my 90s ones uh, shipped from Target. Um, in fact, I just got a shipping notice. I canceled one because I got one in store. Woohoo. We, I told the story on a previous episode of the podcast. Uh, but then I got the whole delay, uh, approval needed, uh, email from target for my other one of those and thought, eh, I'll just let that go because they just love to cancel pre-orders. They didn't cancel it. They shipped it this week. <laughs> so I'm ending up with an extra one of those. Wow. Uh, my, my local target has the, uh, eighties ones in stock. Uh, they have had them for two weeks and I've been watching the stock slowly drip away. And every time I go, uh, they're like, we can't find those or those don't exist or we don't have them. And then it's like, OK, all right. So <laughs> listeners, dear listeners, if anybody wants to trade an, one of their 80s fets for my extra 90s fet, please let me know. I really do want that boba all of a sudden. What a what a absolute crumple from 10 months ago. And I was like, I'll never buy these overpriced replays. <laughs> now you see it and you need it. Yeah, man, they got me. They got me. Being a completist is an illness. Again, it's hard frequently with my therapist about it. <laughs> um, actually, speaking of Target, just real quick, I did find check those clearance, folks. Uh, I got some TVC Dark Troopers for seven ninety four. Uh, Damn. Yeah. So that was nice. Uh, meanwhile, Walmart is blowing out um, their Star Wars inventory, which is mostly just black series for a dollar. <laughs> at my location uh the dark troopers were five dollars so even the black wow. series figures end up being steeply discounted more so than vintage collection counterparts so <laughs> i don't know what's going on there whatever God i will it. say real quick on the boba on the one that i opened i do think the paint is really cool on the 90s one that's the cam cam kennedy cal kennedy cal Kestis. cam 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 kennedy, cam cal kennedy. yeah um but yeah it's just it's such an you know it, 
you see some of these things and you're like, do we need these? Eh, I don't know. It's better than carbonized, better than uh, some of the other wacky repaints we've seen. But it's a unique look. I do like the kind of the brush strokes and the, the little circles, the little bubble looking things on his. Uh, it's hard to describe. Again, great in audio format. Yeah. But, um, it, it's really striking when you get it in hand. I will There's say that. Little, so A little cell shaded kind of. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And he's got his he's got his Empire Strikes Back blasters, which I think is interesting because it's his Return of the Jedi uh, sculpt still, but something different, something a little bit unique. I don't know. I like those oddities, like the kind of animated stuff as exclusives, not carbonized, but like still the wacky repaint of stuff you wouldn't get otherwise. Um, Life Day Chewbacca, of course. It's sourced from something. Life Day Chewie is essential to everyone's collection, of course, but everyone should love it. Um, <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Spreading the gospel of Life Day. Speaking of Wookiees, uh, we got one in the mail this week. Kersantan. Wow, yes. He's a big boy. Maybe not as yes, tall as some people want. Everyone thinks he should be 10 feet tall or something. Even You know, he's 7 foot 10, which is still pretty good. <laughs> this is the uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, exclusive. As, as you've said, uh, John, it's kind of like preview of the sculpt. I don't remember your exact wording from last episode talking about it. Yeah, it's got it's got an exclusive head. So if you if you want the entire Kersantan experience, you're gonna have to get both releases to get both heads. But all the accessories from the mainline deluxe set are available in this as well, plus uh, some extra blasters and things. We went over it last time, but but yeah, but it's a great figure. It's an awesome figure. I do just want to say um, I actually had a lot of fun opening this figure up. I really liked the packaging, the presentation of it. Do I want that for every figure? No, but. I, I did have fun with that. I thought it was pretty neat. So anyway, that was nice to get something new, new, new in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that's actually on the way to most folks uh, stateside, I think overseas, everybody's gotten it as well, uh, is the Tuscan Raider four pack coming from Hasbro Pulse. Yes, uh, That's the one with the Tuscan Chieftain and a few other Dune C Tuscan Grunts. Um, I'm excited. I think mine is supposed to show up Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, mine says Wednesday currently, so some people have already gotten it in hand in the States. So that'll be nice. Uh, yeah. And then another big thing, the HasLab that wasn't a HasLab, the Boba Fett's throne room is uh, en route or in hand for folks uh, in Europe and no I'll, movement yet here. But No, still showing almost a month away. But yeah, Lewis has his, Tim has his, all our British pals already got theirs. They they win yeah. this round yet again. Yeah, they win that round. Part of me is just like, ooh, I, part, I, I wouldn't mind if it charged after the ghost so that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to worry about the ghosts. So, yes, but yeah, it's a big ticket item. So. Speaking of worrying about the ghost. Woo. Where are we at with that? I'm not worried about it. Uh, we are currently at this very second. 9,572 backers, cool. which is almost exactly a little bit over halfway between uh, the 8,000 needed to back the ghost in general with Hera and the 11,000 needed to get Ezra. So we're about 1,500 right in right in between there. Cool, cool, cool. Um, we still got uh, over a month to go. So I think there's no, uh, as the time of recording anyway, we'll have slightly less than a month to go uh, when you actually hear this episode. But um over on Instagram, Rives Junctionite, which is apparently Rives Junction is a place somewhere. I had to look it up. Uh, they're posting updates on Instagram and showing how it's tracking. It's tracking very similarly to the Razor Crest. Um, it's, you know, 
we're hitting the mid-campaign doldrums a little bit, where it's obviously not going to get thousands of new backers each and every single day. But uh, it's right on track to be, it's already successful, it's already backed. But uh, yeah, keep those backer numbers uh, flowing in so we can get all the Ghost crew along with it. Um, yeah. Just comparing it to the Razor Crest, just as a reminder, the Razor Crest was not only $150 uh, cheaper, but it had a lower backer threshold of only 6000 and the first two tiers were at 8000 and 10000 So if it feels like there was more progress on the Razor Crest at this point in the campaign, that is why, because everything was just a little bit lower. So yeah, the Razor Crest, we already almost be to the second tier. Yeah. The Razor Crest. Okay, cool. Yeah, but yeah, everything's just a little bit higher. They both end at 17000 with the final tier, but there's more tiers in there for the Razor Crest, so. Cool. Cool. It's going fine, folks. Keep the faith, for God's sake. We still got a long road ahead of us. Uh, Ahsoka's only a couple weeks away, and the ghost finally made its appearance, its live action appearance for uh, in the promo materials for Ahsoka, uh, briefly, and just the back of it, and also the cockpit. Yes. Um, but yes, yes. This was glorious to see with the Phantom Two riding on the back of it as it flew uh, behind Ahsoka's T six shuttle. Oh, now I want that too. But yeah, <laughs> don't be greedy. Don't Everyone be greedy. All. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of the ghost, uh, the main topic of the show today, Star Wars Rebels. John, give us some background. If you think back about a decade ago, there was a big call of everything that was in production after the Disney sale, including Clone Wars. Sad to say. And detours, as you say. Yes. What a tragedy. Indeed. <laughs> We're all missing detours. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the plot lines of Clone Wars were left unfinished, including storylines of characters like Ahsoka Tano and Darth Maul, uh, who had been thrown into the canon or back into the canon with no indication of whether we'd see more of these characters. But there was a new animated series on the horizon, the first major project after the Disney sale, including a lot of the crew from Clone Wars, including, of course, Dave Filoni, who would now be flying solo, running the show without George Lucas. Uh, though we'd have help from Simon Kinberg and Greg Wiseman to help him get it off the ground at least. Uh, Rebels premiered with four shorts in August and September 2014 to introduce the characters, and the series premiered on Disney XD with a two-parter on September 26, 2014. So yeah, it was an exciting time. Yeah. What were some of your initial thoughts, John? Well, yeah, the animation, uh, we know it's a noticeable step down from Clone Wars. It didn't have an eccentric billionaire pouring uh, all his entire personal fortune into it anymore. <laughs> um, but it was a little hard to accept at first after Clone Wars, which kind of built on itself every season and got, you know, learned new techniques and had more assets to use and more planets and more characters. Um, but the smaller scale overall on Rebels, you realize that as it's telling a smaller scale story in the world of the original trilogy, which is a little tighter in general. Um, it ends up helping it, actually. It ends up uh, telling a more focused story. Um, and one funny thing about the animation, uh, one artifact of that is that all the low-level Imperial officers are the exact same animation model. Um, you can't get away with it when you can with clones and saying, oh, they're all supposed to look alike. Because it's easy, you know it costs money to, much like tooling a figure, it costs money to you know, animate, uh, to uh, build an animation model. So if you can reuse it as much as possible, that's helpful. So clones are a great thing for that. But the Imperials were also all uh, clones of each other. So they had their hats, their caps very unconvincingly just brought down over their eyes, which is, it works sometimes and sometimes 
when those characters are front and center and not so much. I uh, I clocked that on a recent, I, I've been rewatching the show again. I, I nice. was in season one or season two and I, I looked up, I was looking down and I was like, oh, okay, I recognize that. Oh, oh, yeah, it's not the same guy. It's just the same model. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, throwing me for a loop a couple of times. Like, oh, am I supposed to, Yeah. why is he here? Why is he there? Oh, oh. Oh yeah. They'll have a different voice, a slightly different uh coloring on the character or whatever, but uh yeah. And you know, Clone Wars started it, it was aimed a little young, you know, the audience would kind of grow with Ahsoka or, or watch her grow and then it, it got darker and darker to, you know, things with darkness on Umbara and the Dark Maul arc and things like Murders, that. Murders, beheadings, yep. <laughs> uh war <Frequently>, crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and then to kind of the I think it got a, you know, there was a worry that maybe they got a little too dark for some of the kids that were watching it, maybe turning them off and not bringing in a new group of kids. So they kind of, Rebels kind of reset a little bit. So, uh, you know, Ezra was a young protagonist once again, um, that you would then watch him grow up and accept responsibility and all that, which was a little difficult for some older fans to deal with, ha- having gotten used to uh, the darker nature of the final Clone Wars seasons. So, yeah. What did you think? Uh yeah, I, I know. I guess. Initially, I, I it was a bit of a rough transition. I, I did struggle with that a little bit. Um, I think my my biggest issue was the animation itself took a little getting used to, um, like the rubbery mouths and everything, how they talk. Yeah. It's uh, every once in a while, it'll still kind of it'll still kind of catch me off guard, even though I've seen the show many times and know what to expect 10 years on. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's not when you say it was um, more kid friendly. Yes, absolutely. But we're not talking like young Jedi adventures, no, like no. style, like kid friendly. Um, and I, I, I think I don't know. I know there's a lot of it in the Star Wars community where a lot of folks are, oh, everything has to be made exactly for me or else it's trash or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, OK, like, these are not fun. These are movies that are intended for all ages that we probably watched for the first time at age six or seven. We love yeah. his kids. We they still stick with us. They grow with us. They we see new things from them every time we watch them. But uh, yeah, it's always very funny on um, forums about guys like us that collect toys. Saying, yeah. you know, this is a very serious adult uh, thing to be doing. And, <laughs> I loved uh, how mature it was. Now give me the doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Rebel starts a little bit. Uh, there is a younger uh, character in it. And we see it through his eyes, but uh, well, let's let's talk about yeah. those characters, John. You've yes. written down a nice little guide here. Yes. So, in contrast to the Clone Wars, which hopped around to different focuses, different planets, different characters, every arc, uh, Rebels followed the same core crew the entire time as they became a family and grew and joined the Rebel Alliance. Um, and those six main characters are Hera Syndulla, the pilot and Rebel leader, C110P, aka Chopper, uh, a cantankerous droid who's been with Hera since the Clone Wars. Kanan Jarrus, formerly Caleb Doom, a Padawan who went into hiding after Order 66 and is now rediscovering what it means to be a Jedi. Gerizeb, or Zeb Aurelios, the muscle of the group who believes himself to be the last of his kind. Sabine Wren, a Mandalorian artist who is estranged from her people. And Ezra Bridger, a street rat, Aladdin style, who joins the crew and discovers that he can use the Force. And, and another thing to contrast with the Clone Wars, where the Clone Wars was a cast of characters based on familiarity. You know, we had Anakin, Obi-Wan, and then a lot of bit players that we'd seen in the films um, or, you know, Captain Rex. But the clones, you know, mm-hmm. nothing that was super unfamiliar, even though they were fleshed out and given more personality, more to do. Um, Ahsoka was really the new character for that show, uh, whereas this show, it's all new, unfamiliar characters. 
Yeah, and when they bring in, we'll talk about legacy characters in a minute, but when they bring those characters in, it's still to serve the story of Ezra and Kanan and Hera and Sabine and everybody. Well, and much like Ahsoka, uh, Ezra is one of those characters that I see many people be annoyed by at first. And even myself, I was guilty of it uh, in the earlier days of the show, of just being like, oh, this child character is a little obnoxious, but it's like, ah, yes, 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 I'm missing the forest for the trees sort of thing. Like, yes. He will grow, he will learn, he will learn his place in the galaxy and uh, how to be selfless. Right off the bat, I will say we will give spoilers for this series, so hopefully yes, you have full seen spoilers it or not. Rebels. Maybe yes. we'll uh, entice you to see it. But um, in terms of uh, using the classic characters for Clone Wars, I know that Dave Filoni originally wanted to have a new sort of ragtag crew in that show to follow them along. And then George was kind of like, I kind of want to focus on Anakin and Obi-Wan and you know my characters and tell more of that story. Um, so then Rebels is kind of more of what Dave originally intended for Clone Wars, which I think is interesting. I, I, I love George Lucas and I disagree with him frequently, but I, <laughs> I do really, I do really agree with his, uh, I want to tell the story of Anakin and Obi-Wan, like boy, oh boy, the yeah. Clone Wars, I, I am so happy it exists and I'm happy that it, it, it made the choice to go along Anakin and Obi-Wan's journey mostly to really flesh that out. I love those two characters. So yes. Uh, yes. Yes, sure. George, make it about them. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and as we've said, uh, you know, sometimes when we bring back legacy characters, it can be dicey because everybody has 40 years of baggage with them to say, mm -hmm. okay, that's, this is the Luke I prefer. This is the Boba I prefer. This is expectations. You know, the things is, that we've projected onto these things. That, the comic yeah. book I read 25 years ago, the PC game I played 30 years ago. This is my version of the character. And, it's and like, the well, only valid one. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I think there is value in bringing in new characters like the Ghost Crew, which I think, and then kind of having no expectations, uh, no preconceived notions, no decades worth of baggage. Um, yeah. There's there's value in both uh, presentations of characters, but. What are your, some of your uh, favorite scenes, episodes, stories here? Uh, you know, mine, I, I, I see yours and it makes me laugh and happy. Uh, <laughs> mine, uh, my favorite episodes and are some of the ones that are probably not the fun, happy ones. They are the more dark. In fact, uh, my favorite, I think, has to be the season two finale, which is Twilight of the Apprentice parts one and two. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even separate them. I watch them in one thing. If I'm watching one, I'm watching the other. Um, that is hands down my favorite uh, Rebels episode. That was where it kind of really did take a big step into the darkness. Um, mm -hmm. Isn't that the name of the season three premiere yep. steps into darkness? <laughs> <laughs> We'd already begun those steps at the end of season two, but yeah. Yeah. Where season two, I think really is where it hit me where I, I was just like, oh, 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 we are doing this. We are, we are expanding the lore. We're expanding the mythos. We're really, the show isn't going to be afraid to to take that journey into the darker parts of star Wars and to the more metaphysical. Yep. Um, and for those who haven't seen it, that's, you know, uh, Ahsoka Tano plays a big role, uh, throughout season two in particular. Um, and that finale is just, it takes place in an old, uh, is it an old Sith temple? Yeah. On Malachor. Yep. Uh, yes. So it, of course it's where we got some really goofy things like the helicopter lightsabers or they're <laughs> flying around with their little thing that, yeah. you know, the unsuccessful has lab, but, so, um, so Hasbro should make one of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, that whole episode slaps. It's where we got, you know, the reintroduction to, to mall, uh, being brought back into the fold, an older, you know, old master mm -hmm. mall. Um, yeah, I, I really, yeah. 
Uh, also, a little cross guard lightsaber that Ezra picks up in the ruins uh, was a fun little tie in. Was yes. that was, was that before or after uh, Force Awakens had come? I, I think, think after. It, was, it was right after. Yeah. 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 But that was fun, just kind of tying everything together there. Um, yeah, so Twilight of the Apprentice, my favorite episode. I really love the season two story. Uh, seasons three and four are incredible. Um, I think season one is my least favorite. But uh, runner-up for a uh, favorite episode is going to be Twin Sons from towards the end of season three, which uh, kind of revisits and concludes a storyline between certain saga characters, mostly uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul. So Yes, both all fantastic episodes yeah it brings a lot of major moments uh for the overall saga th- yeah throughout the uh seasons yeah um, yeah but you got to have the darkness you got to have the seriousness but you got to balance it out it's all about balance here you got to have some of the lightness too so indeed it, it seems before <laughs> the big sad epic amazing emotional finales there was always a fun episode with chopper right before that um yep. and one of my favorite moments is uh one of my favorite team ups is chopper and ap5 sort of the funhouse mirror version of r2d2 and c3po um ap5 <laughs> is played by the great steven stanton kind of based on alan rickman but he's just a cantankerous uh protocol droid or uh, uh, ra7 droid um uh inventory droid who uh just would rather kind of be left alone rather just do his own thing and at one point in the series he is jettisoned out into the darkness of space and instead of uh, worrying about it he is just so pleased with himself he's so happy he starts singing a show tune. These little space birds start <laughs> flying in around him. It's just glorious. And then he is rediscovered by the ghost crew. And he is just like, I don't want to be back with this. But I just, <laughs> I just love that whole scene. I love that whole character. I love everything about that. Yeah, so a lot of just amazing dark and light moments throughout the series. What is one of the scariest things you could ever think of? Being just trapped floating in yep. the, the emptiness of space, in the void yep. of space, just for eternity. And then that's just a fun comedy happy time in yeah. this kid's cartoon. <laughs> Love it. It's, you know, it's what it's all he really wanted. It's sometimes it's all I really want. All right. But yeah, uh, I get that. Um, AP5 was a later addition to the cast, too, correct? Uh, yeah. Season three. Yep. Once I get to Chopper Base, he was, yeah, they would add new characters throughout the, uh, throughout the series and you'd one of the things uh throughout yeah i rewatched it a couple years ago and then you see yeah season one it's kind of slow it's kind of just building everything and season two is where we really get a lot of the episodes focused on the individual characters um learning more about all their individual backstories meaning characters from their past um and then so rewatching it all then seeing okay yeah this is just knowing where the characters are going is really helpful but Season one covers a lot of ground, but it's really the first steps into the larger world, have you, where season two for me is where it really picks up in kind of the larger scheme of the rebellion um, and where we're at with that and mm-hmm. kind of expands where we're going. And then it's just all basically the sh- the whole show is just on a forward trajectory, just growing as it goes. It's it's a lot of fun upon rewatch, man. Yeah. I mean, on the first watch, too. But yes, yes. But yes. yeah, knowing the shape of it all helps with. Some of these, as you call them, I'm not even going to say the term. If you want to say no, that no. term, I I apologize, John. I know there were many times during the life of that show while it was going. I I one time in particular it was the episode with space whales, yeah, which are important. Uh, I I am sorry I ever called anything a filler episode. I watched the finale and was just like, oh, I get it. It was all important. Uh, yes. Rebels, every filler episode you think I is just filler was important. Um, yes, but I not remember. You, but I, that that is a common. Uh, uh, refrain about the series yeah. is that there are 
quote unquote filler episodes, which I take issue with because they're always filler episodes are always building on the, the characters. They're always it's always spending time with the characters. It's always growing the entire story of the saga in some way, in my opinion. I totally get it and I totally appreciate it. However, 25-year-old me sometimes would just be sitting out on my back deck watching a copy of it on my computer and just like texting you at like 11 o'clock at night like, hey man, so like space whales? I don't like this. What are we doing? These will never uh, be important to the entire fabric of the series. And, and now here I am like decade. watching The Mandalorian Season 3 where it's like, oh my god, you can see the Pergil yeah. outside of the hyperspace. Like, oh my god, Grogu saw them and then we see them on the trailer for Ahsoka. Oh my god. Yeah, like I point it's and clap connected. and I'm like, I love that thing. <laughs> so That's what we're all they, here They to got do. my number now. Yeah, it's yes. it's funny how this all evolves, the things. The things that I, I may have rolled my eyes at initially just over time and really growing as a person and also growing more appreciation for this upon more rewatches. Yes. It's just like, oh, yeah, no, these are things that truly are intrinsically part of my Star Wars fabric. Yep. It's, yeah, that's all I like, ask for with this stuff. One small thing. In the first season, there's an episode where uh, Harrison's Ezra and Zeb to go get a Meluran fruit from the market. And that's just a small thing. But now the melee runs are everywhere. We just got one with the Chrysanthemum set. He eats one in a book of Boba Fett. And we have one in the new figure, which is awesome to see. And you can buy melee run juice at Galaxy's Edge, all this stuff. It's all just, you know, they know it what they're It ain't the doing Skywalker right. saga. It's the melee run saga. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was for the fruit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But yeah, so a couple particular points here that we want to hit. Um, just kind of talking about Rebels uh, on the whole. Um, John, take it away from here. Just some of the different points of inspiration that fed into the series. There's a lot of Ralph McQuarrie inspiration all over it, as well as some of the other concept designers for A New Hope, uh, because it's set a few years before A New Hope, so they use designs that were in the real world also a few years before A New Hope. You dig? Does that make sense? So yes. predating the creation of, of A New Hope, so lots of things. We can kind of go through them as we talk about them, but uh, you know, Zeb is based on Chewbacca concept art. Chopper is based on R2-D2 concept art with the arms coming out of his head. Um, there's some of the C-3PO and Han Solo designs are used as background characters. Uh, a lot of the ships, like the ATDP, is based on a Joe Johnston uh, tank design from Empire Strikes Back. Lots of stuff like that throughout the entire series. And in the in terms of the animation, um, they're, they're all like, you can see like pencil lines. Um, Clone Wars had a lot of like painted look. So like you look at brush strokes, you'll see them on there. Um, whereas Rebels had like pencil designs on some of the stuff, which is really cool to see. Um, and you mentioned, yeah, some of the Imperial Super Commandos Mandalorians were based on a Boba Fett concept, um, which was sort of reused again in Mandalorian Season 3. Tweaked a little bit, but yeah, same kind of idea. Yeah, they gave him more T-visors in live action. So. Yep, th so things we keep seeing popping up. And folks have also talked about, you know, oh, the ghost when talking about the Macquarie stuff. So the ghost itself is not based on any piece of Macquarie art. However, no. to me, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, that the design of the ghost is very much informed by the creation of and taking visual cues from what ultimately ended up being the groundwork for the original trilogy visually. Sure. Yeah, that's fair to say, I think. Um, yeah, it all just feels like 
very inspired by the concept art in general, yeah. both the, the existing stuff that they just kind of brought forward, um, as well as new designs that it's sort of all, yeah, all fit in the same world. What I mean is that I could easily see like the ghost in Docking Bay 94. I can easily yep. see it in that lived in world that we get in the original trilogy. Yeah, for sure. It's very much like their version of the Millennium Falcon. It's their home base. It's their, you know, traveling Winnebago, space Winnebago. <laughs> Um, but the show also had a lot of influence from the old uh, role-playing games. And I play a role-playing game. Shout out to Chad. I hope you're listening. You probably are listening. I'll hear about this at some point. But <laughs> uh, yeah, every episode just feels like a group of characters going on a mission. Because that's, I mean, that's what it is. It's very similar to the RPG. And they also had a lot of little details from the, the classic West End games role-playing game. A lot of influence from the original Kenner line, including uh, the Imperial Troop Transport which we'll get to that again in a minute, but that was brought back again in The Mandalorian and everybody gave them credit for doing that in The Mandalorian. <laughs> Rebels already did that. Rebels has already been down that road. Um, another one that's kind of in between the Macquarie and the Kenner is the short wing TIE Fighters, which I th they do look very similar to the uh, Kenner toy, um, but I guess some of the Macquarie art had shorter uh, wings for the TIE Fighters. But in season three, I believe, when they're doing a training sequence, the wings will pop off of the TIE Fighters. Um, to like disable them kind of a nod to the old kinner which we still have the uh the springs that launch the uh wings off on your shelf at three in the morning when you're not paying attention yeah that yeah my tie fighter has not had wings on it in quite some time because i just can't anymore <laughs> I, as i said i removed the springs from the vintage one because it just the springs are way too strong and they're just blowing that thing apart but i guess it's part of a, a training exercise in terms of some of the characters it does have a lot of connections to the saga as well including a lot of Clone Wars characters that, like we said, continued their storylines. You want to go over those? Yeah, you know, uh, as the aforementioned uh, Ahsoka Tano comes back, we've got Captain Rex alongside Wolf and Gregor. Uh, Honda Onaka shows up, the great Honda Onaka. Uh, Bo-Katan and the Darksaber. Um, and then also, as I mentioned earlier too, formerly Darth, now just Mole. Uh, he met his end against Obi-Wan Kenobi in the episode that I shouted out as my runner-up. Um, I do need to ask you, John, have the comics yes. bridged the gap with Maul between being the leader of Crimson Dawn, as we saw at the end of Solo, uh, and then being all kind of Empire Strikes Back Yoda-y on Malachor when we I, pick up with him? That is fertile ground for exploration still. I don't think they really have. That's, a, that's an eight-year, seven-year gap of time for him? Something like that, because we saw... So, yeah, at the time, we hadn't seen his end at the Clone Wars, so we hadn't seen the Siege of Mandalore. Which Correct. they have now, which they had several references to. They had several references to the unfinished Clone Wars episodes throughout Rebels, and then we finally got to see some of them years after Rebels. So yeah, Maul is a—he's trying to rebuild the criminal empire at the end of Clone Wars, and then he's on top of Crimson Dawn in the shadows about you know nine years later in Solo, yeah. and then five or six, seven years after that is uh, Rebels, just, in which he yeah. is Stranded. abandoned or hiding, or we don't really know exactly. Well, he's being what he's hunted doing. too. Okay. So, because the Inquisitors are hunting him. Okay. We still have not so. gotten the big Darth Maul versus that episode was supposed to give us a, a Maul versus Vader showdown as well, but it was already so stacked. We'll get yeah. it at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to the, the Clone Wars references too, isn't the first time uh, Captain Rex in season yep. two when we meet him, he says something like, ah, "I served with Ahsoka Tano from the Battle of Christophsis to the Siege of Mandalore," and I remember yes, like, <gasps> that being a huge talking point. We'd be like, "Ooh, the yeah. Siege of Mandalore! What's that?" Like, <laughs> it's our, uh, you know, the the Clone Wars. He fought in the Clone Wars, sort of thing from uh, yes. A New Hope. Yes, so. and the, yeah, there was a lot of 
Mandalorian world building throughout. In addition to Bo-Katan, there was Gar Saxon, of course, played by uh, the late, great Ray Stevenson, um, who will be showing up as a different character uh, in Ahsoka. But yeah, so much of the world of Mandalore was built with, you know, Bo-Katan, and then that comes up again in Mandalorian Season 3, and we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But um, but then there are also plenty of legacy characters as well that popped in. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yep, off. No, no. I was going to say the exact same thing. Um, including, yeah, R2-D2 and C-3PO, played, as always, of course, by Anthony Daniels. Uh, and Bail Organa was not far behind, and, of course, Princess Leia Organa as well. Uh, we saw Lando Calrissian, voiced by Billy D. Williams, Wedge Antilles, Yoda, played by Frank Oz, Darth Vader, played by James Earl Jones, Emperor Palpatine, played by Ian McDiarmid, and not a movie character, but have to shout out another sadly recently uh, departed late great Paul Rubens, who played the RX pilot droid from Star Tours and got to reprise that role briefly in Rebels as well, which was awesome to see. So yeah, a lot of fun little references. You forgot little silhouette Luke. Yes. <laughs> who, could, <laughs> who could forget that? Yeah, they used they used Ezra's character model and just put him really, really far in the background at the end of the Obi-Wan episode, and he's kind of running over. So let's mention this, too. Ezra was born on Empire, so he was born yes. at the same time, pretty much, as Luke and Leia. About uh, two days before, because two or three days or something before. Yeah. I, one of my grand projects is to figure out how much time passes in each of the movies, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when the Empire is being declared, Padme is in the Senate, and then it's a probably a day or two before she actually gives birth to Luke and Leia. So yes, Ezra is the same age as Luke and Leia, a couple of days older. Um, so yeah, kind of his parallel storyline to theirs, which is interesting. Yeah. Not part of the, uh, what has been lovingly called by some swaths of the fandom, the disaster lineage of uh, <laughs> masters and apprentices <laughs> from, you know, Qui-Gon uh, from Yoda, Dooku, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, all the, all the fun stuff that the Skywalker <laughs> legacy leaves behind. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of legacy, I guess, I don't know. Uh, a lot of legends <laughs> uh, things from the old expanded universe came in as well. Yes. Including, of course, Tyler's boy, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, that was the big one, the biggest one to come in from legends. That was huge, man. I remember when they yeah. dropped that poster. That yeah. Was, it was, in, and there was a trailer at one of the celebrations, I believe, where he came out and, Everybody just kind of went nuts. Um, and that has since spawned, you know, a lot of Thrawn, Thrawn tint, I guess. Thrawn. Uh, two book trilogies, at least. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, played by Lars Mikkelsen. And uh, we are going to see him in live action, finally, in Ahsoka very soon. Um, and he was joined, of course, by Rook, played by Warwick Davis in the series. Um, met a different end than he did in the uh, Heir to the Empire series, but, you know, still cool to see him coming back as well. Yeah, I wonder if they'll do anything with the Nogri again. Um, because yeah, it, I don't know. They ended up being bodyguards to Leia or something, or as they called her in the canon, Lady yeah. Vader. Yeah, the, not the canon. Definitely not canon. Yeah, not canon. Legend. Sorry. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that was some, yeah. There was some goofy stuff in those books, but that's fine. Maybe I'll yep. love it. Um <laughs> Another thing which was kind of from the expanding universe, but totally redone uh, for canon was the Inquisitors, which that sort of came from, okay, we need villains in the show who can fight the Jedi, but we can't have Darth Vader shaking his fist at the end of every episode going, I'll get you next time, curse you. <laughs> but, uh, Is that Vader played by Conan O'Brien? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Vader played by Skeletor, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we had the... In just called the Inquisitor in the first season, but then we found out he was the Grand Inquisitor. 
Um, and then we had the fifth brother and the seventh sister in the series, mm-hmm. um, as well as the eighth brother, right? Or the sixth? Who was that guy? Sixth, I think. I thought it was the eighth. Oh, I don't know. It's wanna... the eighth. It's the eighth. And then the sixth is the one that Ahsoka, I think, isn't. I think that's the one that she killed in the in her novel slash the Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, I think so. Thing. I think yeah. that's right. We've we've yeah. had a lot since then. Many, a lot of there's. Inclu- yeah, I thought they were going to cap it off at ten. We got what tenth brother or something like that, and and then the new book Inquisitor: Rise of the Red Blade just introduced like the thirteenth uh, yeah. sister. Uh, so there's Why many not? of them. I do have a question. So it's the Grand Inquisitor. Are we treating that as zero or is that one? Is there a first brother or first sister? Sister? I know we've got. We haven't seen sister. any yet, right? No. We don't have a first. Oh man! So and do the numbers overlap across genders? Uh, or no. is it always? It's just it's willy nilly. Whatever. Okay. I I don't know. It's whatever the story needs at that time. Okay. I would assume. Okay. Yeah, because like for Red Squadron or Rogue Squadron, there's there's a red leader, but there's no red one in addition to that. Yeah. I'm gonna go with squadron numbering rules and say. Okay, so Grand, grand is one. That's what I'm gonna go with. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. I guess. Or they can go, Barris Afi was first. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get Barris in uh, Rebels, but maybe we'll get her at some point. Yeah. I know that's a popular fan theory about her. Yeah. That was another story that was kind of left yep. in the ether when the Clone Wars went away. So One of the big ones. Um, so uh, another thing that was in production at the same time as Rebels was Rogue One, which takes place. Well, a lot of the movies were in production at the same time, but Rogue One takes place at the same time, more or less, as Rebels a couple of years later. Um, so there was a ton of connections to Rogue One in Rebels, uh, including Forrest Whitaker, who voiced Saw Gerrera in episodes that came out right after the movie, which was awesome to see. And of course, Saw was developed for uh, the Underworld show, and then he was brought into Clone Wars, and then in Rogue One, and then he came into Rebels, uh, now played by Forrest Whitaker. Um, awesome to see. Genevieve O'Reilly came back as Mon Mothma. Uh, we see her after she leaves the Senate and gathered various rebel cells into the proper rebel alliance, which is something in the canon that Tony Gilroy has mentioned a number of times, uh, having to work around. So as Andor gets more into this time period over the next season, uh, we will almost uh, most assuredly see some version of this. Uh, what? Grim, serious Andor? Yes. Shares a world with <laughs> cartoons for kids? Is that possible? What? Oh my god. Um... Yeah, a lot of Rogue One designs and elements in the later seasons, including Death Troopers and Two Tubes, and those infamous Imperial hover tanks that uh, seem to hover only on toys, uh, but never in the actual movie because they didn't want to spend the money to remove the wheels. And they said, screw it, these have wheels. Um, except <laughs> in Rebels, you can see them actually hover. And then, uh, of course, Rogue One shows the ghost on Yavin and on Scarif, name checks General Sindula over the intercom, and shows Chopper on screen, which is awesome to see. Then you're leaving the part about the sequel tie-in for me to say, since yes. I need to draw all the ire of everybody listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's also references in The Rise of Skywalker, where uh, the ghost is in the Battle of Exegol, and Kanan makes a voice cameo in the All the Jedi bit. So, mm-hmm. And so we know everyone's always like, I bet the ghost is going to explode in Ahsoka right after uh, we back it. And it's like, no, it's in a movie that takes place 30-some years later, so it will not, that will not happen. Yeah, yeah. Or 25 years after Ahsoka, but you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, and it should be said, though, that the Kanan voice cameo does not mean that he's alive because he's he's one of the Force ghosts at the time. So. Yes. But Ahsoka might be alive. We don't know. Yes, we don't know. She That's... will never die, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Despite many opportunities to do so. Yeah. 
Well, you know, and we've hinted at it a few times throughout this, and I've said it many times in the past to the point that you all know what I'm about to say right now. (laughs) Rebels is the foundation. It laid so much of the groundwork for a lot of the live action stuff that we're getting in the Disney Plus shows. Um, Am I wrong, John? I still think that Clone Wars really kicked off a lot of that stuff. But uh, Rebels continued it. But yeah. yes, there was a lot of st- uh, there's a lot of stuff from Rebels. That's not uh, discounting Clone Wars. OK, OK. All right, yeah, all right. At all. Fair That's enough. just very okay. much that Rebels was the continuation sure. of that. And then just with the amount that it overlapped with important stuff in the saga and introduced what is looking to be the big bad of the between yes. OT and ST era. I think that's a lot of a lot of groundwork laid. That is fair to say. That is fair to say. Um, yeah, we saw a lot of this stuff play out with at the end of at the beginning of season four, Bo-Katan accepts the Darksaber from Sabine, who got it from Maul. Um, and then as we saw in Mandalorian uh, season three and stuff, the fallout of that where Bo-Katan felt she wasn't worthy because she didn't win it in combat and it ended in disaster for the Mandalorian people. Um, and then now, yeah, they just kind of explain. It's always like these rules kind of change in the Mandalorian and then we get an episode a year later of like, okay, actually. <laughs> here's here's how we bridge the gap and stuff as star wars so often does yes, yes um yeah so they're still paying off a lot of things from rebels and there will be a lot more uh in the ahsoka series but yeah i was gonna say to keep paying that off john you have here where yes. the series ended with season yes. four on march Se- 5th 2018 mm-hmm. and it was planned this time to end after four seasons to not be a cliffhanger like clone wars i remember they announced it the year prior at celebration it was a little bit sad but it was nice to have conclusion to these stories conclusion but also an epilogue showing what the characters were up to later after the events of the series including uh, ahsoka and sabine going off to find ezra and thrawn who were taken off into parts unknown so that they could be taken off the chessboard for the original trilogy by the space whales no less yes yes the most important element introduced in rebels of course uh, which will continue in just a few weeks on the ahsoka series which is so exciting you know five five and a half year wait isn't really that bad, right? You know, all things considered now. Yeah, we had to wait seven years for the Clone Wars to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was canceled twice, brought back twice, you know. We have, we've been waiting for some stuff from Rebels because, as you see, it ended on in March 2018, just before the Vintage Collection uh, came back. Yes. So we'll, now let's, as we transition into talking about the figures on this show, trigger warning for five points of articulation talk. Yeah, even even bigger trigger warning for some Nerf gun talk <laughs> later. So I know that's very Nerf upsetting. Nerf killed to my some family. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> you scruffy looking Nerf herder. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I guess let's uh, jump into the figures. It did get figures. It did get figure support. There was product for Rebels, but more than just one uh, Hunter figure. Oh. Bad batch. Anyway, yeah, that's yeah. another episode for another time. Time, man. Ten years. Boy, how things change. So back ten years ago, the Vintage Collection figure line ended in late 2012, had a few vehicles throughout 2013. Uh, The Black Series was now the name for collector figures in both 3.75 inch and 6 inch, as well as like board games and stuff and lightsabers and anything collector-y, collector-y, collector focus at the time was called Black Series. Um, The Clone Wars line and the Movie Heroes line had ended uh, with Yoda cards, time to the cancelled Attack of the Clones 3D release. I think they were only released overseas. There was a mall line before that for episode one. Uh, by the time of the canceled Revenge of the Sith 3D release, the time of the planned canceled release later in 2013, 
The basic line was now on Vader cards that had shifted to minimal articulation, paint, and accessories, and the cards themselves were actually quite a bit smaller. Uh, confusingly, single-carded figures were branded as Saga Legends, which up until that point had been a term used for a line of repacks to keep main characters and army builders in circulation, still at more or less the same quality as the main legacy collection or vintage collection figures, often repacking those same figures. But now uh, that was the 5POA uh, terminology for the single figures. Two packs are branded as Mission Series, a nice way to uh, immediately start uh, world building with some of those characters. And vehicles were also simplified to keep them to the $20 to $25 price point to combat rising labor costs. So a lot of them were resculpted to have uh, fewer parts and pieces to put together in the factories, resulting in cheaper uh, hollow vehicles. But they got a little bit better as they went on. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll just say real quick. So you were kind of out of collecting at this point, right? I was. And we'll touch on that a little bit later when we kind of go okay. through final thoughts. But yeah, um, you know, this li the line was relaunched in fall of 2014 with Stormtrooper shaped cards, reminiscent of the uh, Clone Wars Clone Trooper cards and Legacy Collection Stormtrooper cards, uh, and also matching the redesigned Black Series three and three quarter inch TIE Fighter uh, pilot cards. Boy, those were ugly, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, they were better than the they were better than the plain black with like three orange lines on them. First Black Series cards. Weirdly, my minimalist self prefers those, even though the bubbles don't stay on either of them. <laughs> so, but Wasn't yeah. a great time for package design. No offense to anybody who worked on them, but. It was not. I will. You know what? I, I, I may as well just talk about it since I wasn't collecting at this point. Seeing this, just this is a quick aside. Seeing this stuff, it confused me as someone who was not in like in yeah. the hobby where I'd go looking and I would see, okay, there's six inch action figures that look like the quality that I'm used to seeing from action figures. And now there's all these little, uh, you know, junky, I say that, yeah. you know, but, uh, junky figures that are cheap and not articulated. And then there's this other line that's on different packaging and I couldn't keep track of it. Um, it yeah. was, it was very scattered and it was off putting. It's, so. And plus having the name Black Series for both scales was confused. That's when the, is this six inch yeah. uh, question began? Oh, and it only got worse when Walmart got <laughs> the phase three and they were yeah. identical packaging. It's like the one with the red stripe on the side. Yeah, but the big one or the little one. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God help you if you're trying to just look at pictures on eBay or something. But yeah. uh, So anyway, the anyway, line was relaunched in 2014. John? A lot of helmets, a lot of helmet cards going on at the time. Uh so interestingly, Rebels did not get its own dedicated line, but this was kind of mainly a Rebels line. Uh, basic figures continue to be five points of articulation, five POA. But instead of separating the animated and realistic figures as they had done for the Clone Wars lines, uh, animated style Rebels figures shipped in cases right alongside realistic style figures based on films and Clone Wars. So now Clone Wars figures were realistic, but Rebels figures were uh, animated style. What were some of the common complaints around this time? You heard mine. Yes. So other than the obvious complaints, we still hear to this day about articulation. Um, quality was pretty low. They turned all the quality dials down in order to hit a $5.99 price point. It was at a time as we are at now where prices keep going up and uh, they wanted to do something to keep those prices low to keep people still buying the figures. Whether that worked or not is a up for debate. Um, I didn't. So it didn't work. Yeah, on so. Me, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some of the figures were pretty hard to get a hold of and we'll name a few in a bit. Um, one issue that came up on social media at the time was that the women of the ghost crew were not offered in the basic line and they weren't offered for a few months until after the men. 
which in my opinion led to similar sort of where's Ray uh, comments a few years later, and then a greater focus on, you know, bringing more female characters into the line, in addition to a lot of actual female characters beyond just Leia and Padme in the content itself, which is a good thing. Um, but one issue was that completists ended up with several versions of the main characters between single cards, multi-packs, and vehicles. Um, so I think I ended up with like four of the same exact Kanan figure, which you will hear about in a minute. But um, You know, I this ending up with multiples of the same figures, I, I've noticed that this seems to be common with the more like air quotes here, kid focused lines. Um, and I see that even today, you know, look at the young Jedi adventures, um, offerings where that if you want ever, if you want all the vehicles or whatever, you want all the figures, you're going to end up with three Yodas and five Kai bright stars, mm-hmm. and, you know, a couple nubs, but I'm okay. Ending up with multiple nubs, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Marvel's Epic hero series also where there's like, you know, a main line and then there'll be a vehicle with a figure and then there's a multi-pack that has all the figures, but then one exclusive to that set. So if you want everything, you're going to end up with two or three, um, spin masters, DC offerings did that. You know, if you bought any of the, if you wanted all the line for the flash, you'd end up with like six flashes four four of the Keaton Batman, three Supergirls, a couple other variant flashes just to get everything so and that that's not totally uncommon i guess it, uh, no 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 a lot of it makes st- sense and a lot of the star wars um the multi-packs the battle packs of like the years between revenge of the sith and force awakens were a lot of you know sometimes you'd get a four pack to get two new figures and put two repacked figures it was a little bit annoying but usually they would add something new to change them but they were not doing that really for the rebels line as much but yeah, yeah. um so there were 25 basic figures in this line look on the Stormtrooper card, but only eight were from Rebels, um, including, I'll just read them out, Stormtrooper, Ezra Bridger, uh, Grand Inquisitor, just the Inquisitor at the time, uh, Kanan Jarrus, Agent Callus, C-110P Chopper, the TIE Fighter Pilot, and the ATDP Driver. And there were uh, variants of both Ezra and the Inquisitor, because the Inquisitor would have longer or shorter red lines on his face and Ezra would have a different um, design on the back of his jacket. I didn't know about the Ezra one. Yeah, and I think, and again, he was repacked across so many different sets and gift gift sets and stuff. I'm not 100% sure uh, if it was just in the basic figure or what, and it's also hard to know because you don't see his back until you open it. I don't know. I'm sure there was a way back at the time. Nobody cares <laughs> is my guess. I did um, put a, a ninth figure on here. Um, yes. Just since it, it, I know it's a Clone Wars figure technically, uh, and, and it's labeled as such. It is a Clone Wars figure, um, but it was one that did have a little bit of relevance to Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Jedi Temple Guard. Yes. And that's, you said you saw him around. He was super hard to get. I think I, I paid like, I don't know, 25 bucks, which is at the time not on the higher end of what you'd we're going to pay for these figures. I think I got them at a celebration a couple years later, but now it's, it's a lot worse. It's a couple hundred dollar figure. Holy now. crap. Um, yeah, I, I know I saw this figure. I held this figure in hand in a Kohl's <laughs> multiple times. I saw it multiple wow. times. Wow. Like I know, I know that it's, it, it's very much alongside that. It was in that era where, you know, if I saw action figures, I was still looking to like look at them because it was fun yeah but it looked like with all the vintage collection 1.0 i remember seeing all of these things i think i found i probably saw almost everything that was hard to find and i didn't get it at the wow. time so 
but yeah, this one, this is one that haunts me because I would, I will never pay for <laughs> pay over $25, let alone a couple hundred dollars for a five POA figure. So, <laughs> and yeah, it's still, it's still a highly wanted figure. And there is a rebels version that has uh, less cloth, less flow, fewer flowing robes on it. Um, but yeah, it always does well in the March Madness bracket. I think they could do well to do a version. Maybe they could do both Clone Wars and Rebels versions with some tooling tweaks. I mean, Disney has seen the uh, potential of this where they've offered not one, but two different uh, legacy lightsabers for this guy, which um, the legacy lightsabers are the force effects kind of equivalent that Disney offers in the parks and on Shop Disney sometimes. But yeah, yes. uh, also currently Luke is wielding a Temple, uh, Temple Guard lightsaber in the canon Marvel comics in between Empire and Jedi uh, before he builds his green lightsaber. So Nice. Um, so looking at this, uh, this set of eight, it's a, I remember Chopper is also fairly difficult to get a hold of, um, but you have three heroes and five villains, which is an interesting, uh, layout. Flip the script now where we get yes. three heroes and zero villains. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, these figures were supplemented by the mission series two packs at nine ninety nine. There are, there were eight of those on this line. Including Zeb, Garazeb, Aurelius, and a Stormtrooper, uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 and their animated appearance based on their one episode. Uh, a Wookiee warrior with Wolf Waro from, again, the uh, pilot when they rescue some Wookiees on uh, Kessel. Uh, Sabine ran in her season one look and a Stormtrooper, which the Sabine does not include a removable helmet or a non-helmeted head. It's the only uh, season one version of Sabine in three and three quarters. Um... IGRM and Sicatro Visago. Uh, the IG droid is based on the concept for IG88, named after Ralph McQuarrie. That's IGRM. Repacks of the Stormtrooper and the TIE Fighter pilot from the basic line. Ezra Bridger Cadet Disguise and Kanan Jarrus, a repack of the basic Kanan. And Harrison Dula and Stormtrooper Commander, rounding out the Ghost crew with Hera, finally. Some of these were actually quite good character selections. Again, removing all your complaints about low paint and low articulation and everything. Um, I think we'd kill these days to get somebody like Sicatro Visago and IGRM, like that level of secondary character. It's pretty wild. Like that's not something we'd really see nowadays. Just looking at that, that's a pretty padded out, like well-rounded little line. Like that's, yep. and that at the time, I mean, going back even a little further than that, that would have just been a mini beat. Uh, yep. But now we're like, okay, can we get three figures from a thing, please? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have to be the main characters ah. please <laughs> god something something just repaint a stormtrooper again please for the love of god yeah <laughs> um there was a another special three pack which was the reveal the rebels toys r us exclusive which was technically a mission series the ghost set mm -hmm. uh, which included repacks of ezra and kanan from the main line uh and a mystery figure which you did not know what it was until you opened it unless you went online Yep. But it was hologram of Obi-Wan Kenobi in his Order 66 message that Ezra sees again in the pilot of this series. That is one of the last things I ever picked up from a Toys R Us. Um, I know we've talked about Toys R Us many times, but there was one covered in dust that must have fallen behind a shelf years before. I got. I think that was, what, 2017 wow. then that I got it? Wow. Um, yeah, I, I picked it up because I knew it had Obi-Wan in there and I'll buy anything Obi-Wan pretty much. So, And I was nice. back into collecting at that time. So. It felt like a score. Yes. And it's it's just a slug figure. I mean, he's got a articulated head, but the body is just one piece. Yeah. We don't need all this articulation for holograms. Holograms, no. 
yeah, he doesn't do anything crazy action in uh, that Order 66 message. Like, watch me do Jedi karate. Stay away from the temple. Ah. <laughs> like his Attack of the Clones where he's action-packed against the destroyer droid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this line also adds some vehicles. Like I said, they uh, were simplified. But these, once we got into the Rebels vehicles, they were souped up a little bit. They were $5 more, 25 bucks instead of 20 uh, so one was the Phantom Attack Shuttle, now known as Phantom 1, because Phantom 2 is finally coming as part of the Ghost Haslam. Uh, but you recently got this as well, right? I did. I actually uh, accidentally got both versions uh, of the one, the Target exclusive version that included a repacked Kanan mm-hmm. uh, and the one that didn't have a figure in it. Um, I placed bids on those two didn't i didn't think i would get either uh but i got both so whoopsie dubs nice. but i was excited <laughs> for the ghost so <laughs> yes and yeah. unfortunately it doesn't interact with the new ghost um because there's like some there's like some pegs on the back of the ghost for the phantom 2 um Correct. and when i think yeah people asked about this at celebration and chris was like well you can kind of display it with it i different, think different toy line but yeah and i think it's in scale with the phantom 2 that they're doing yeah. for the ghost so while they're undersized, you know, how big do we want these things to be? Um, it is nice that they still will look correct together. So, yep. And this one, yeah, because it's kind of like a pilot seat and then one uh, more seat kind of to the back of it, almost snow speeder style um, yeah. on, the, on the toy anyway. And it's got a yeah, launching missile and it's got some missiles in the front that kind of slide in and out, some expanding wings. It's pretty fun. And uh, it is. I would, I- yeah. How how would you feel if they gave it a new deco and threw it in TVC stuff to supplement the ghost? People would scream their heads off, bloody murder. They would. But I'm I not think... asking them. I'm asking you. <laughs> I would be fine with it. I would think yeah. it would be cool. It's a pretty nice. <laughs> so overall, I feel I have more thoughts on these vehicles, but I think they're all pretty good for what they are. They're a little, you know, give them another paint wash. Um, they're not as detailed in the interior as we expect now for vintage collection stuff or even some of the earlier legacy collection, whatever. But um, yeah, put them on a shelf, put the vintage figures in front of them. They make a nice little display for sure. Mm-hmm. I have my whole my POA line right here. I'm sure people have seen it in the uh, live streams and whatnot. But it's a whole nice little world, a little shelf of rebels right there. But uh, another vehicle that I think is pretty good was the Inquisitor's TIE Advanced Prototype, which is sort of a smaller version of Vader's TIE Advanced. Um, also, much like the Phantom, available as a Target exclusive version with a repack of the Inquisitor figure. And also, much like the Phantom, another thing I also recently got. <laughs> Did you buy two of these or just one? No, just this one, and it was the the one with the Inquisitor packed in. So. Okay, because I think actually there are a few of these in the show, so like multiple Inquisitors use these, as I recall. I got this with an eye towards the upcoming uh, Inquisitor figure. Nice, okay, yeah. Um, and it's scaled fairly well. Like the ball in the middle is basically the same size as the other TIE fighters we've had over four decades. So it's, you know, it's pretty in scale. Um, it, yeah, a little smaller condensed version of Vader's. It doesn't have the long back like his does. But yeah, again, pretty nice, pretty nice sculpt. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, next up is the ATDP, the All-Terrain Defense Pod. Uh which we've talked about it a little bit in comparison to the uh, ATST. It's based on ATST concept art. I'm mm-hmm. pointing to it for you and you alone. It's but, magical. Um, I love having front row tickets. <laughs> but the legs don't have articulation nearly on the same level as the ATST. And as we've said, it actually it never falls down. It will never fall down. You can't, 
you can't do as many cool poses with it, of course, but it looks nice. It looks awesome. Just again, sitting on a shelf, um, you can articulate the head and uh, yeah, fit a, a pilot in there. It's a fun design and it sort of fits with those late nineties uh, Macquarie concept art uh, vehicles that they did or Joe, Macquarie and Joe Johnston concept art vehicles. Yeah. Um, the fourth and final uh, vehicle in this line look was the Imperial troop transport. As we said, based on the original Kinner vehicle, which got some action in season one of rebels uh, before it again was brought into live action in the Mandalorian and into the vintage collection. So it's smaller than the TVC version, uh, less detailed, but still a fun uh, toy in and of itself. So moving on from this version of the line, it was, you know, as we all know, relaunched again in 2015 uh, when The Force Awakens hit the scene. You know, uh, we got the Kylo Ren card. Um, so, John, where are we at at this point yeah. in time? This is around season two of the show. So this line look included figures from the first two seasons. Uh, basic figures were now a little more expensive. It's $7.99. Oh, my God. So expensive. <laughs> um, and the gimmick this time was that they included build a weapon parts for these big, weird droid weapon looking things that don't really look like anything from the movies but if you wanted to complete them you'd have to get uh, some of the same figures again uh including ezra bridger who was a repack but now includes his lightsaber which funny you mentioned his lightsaber because even after all these ezras i've gotten uh, i've never gotten an opener of a version with his lightsaber oh wow so there's a better version uh, we'll get to uh, in a minute so stay tuned for that little teaser Ooh. um kanan came back of course as did the inquisitor yet again uh, there was a new figure of Captain Rex in his Rebels appearance, his older, more wizened appearance, as well as the fifth brother Inquisitor. Um, and there were some two packs at fourteen ninety nine. I'll say real quick on the fifth brother, we still he has now been uh, in the Obi Wan Kenobi series alongside the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, well, the Grand Inquisitor is coming to TVC. Fifth brother, not yet. It would be nice to see him. We're we're going to discuss that in a minute. Just had to throw that out there for the fifth brother. Yeah. Uh, two packs at fourteen ninety nine. Remember when you can get two figures for fourteen ninety nine, and not ninety five percent of one figure for fourteen ninety nine. But these included extra accessories with action features, usually some kind of weird launcher thing that you just kind of set to the side and forget about. Uh, the big one that was exciting to me personally was Darth Vader and Ahsoka Tano from their duel, um, which included a big red launcher thing for Darth Vader, as if he's using the Force or something. Yeah, as well as a some spinny blue force power thing for Ahsoka, where you can plug in her sabers and have her hold this thing in the middle and spin it around, almost similar to the Inquisitor lightsabers spinning around, which they actually didn't do for the Inquisitors themselves, which is interesting. But yeah, hmm. I never once thought to do that to put those lightsabers in that spinny yes, thing. Yes, that's what they're for. That's what in they're fact, there for. Yeah. yeah, reading your notes on this, I was like, they do that. <laughs> yeah, but I I will say obviously this was a favorite pack of mine of yeah. these offerings because again. Those are my favorite episodes. So yes, two of my favorite characters in Vader and Ahsoka. So yeah, an amazing episode. Um, and then they had a repack of Zeb and Chopper. Uh, again, Chopper was kind of difficult to get, so it was nice to get see him again, uh, including uh, a little rocket launcher that was uh, in some of the other two packs as well. Was this Chopper the one that was featured? I mean, just the five POA Chopper. Was that the one that was featured on the Merrick uh, yes. X-wing packaging? So we did see it, yeah, on the uh, Antioch Merrick's X-Wing box a couple years ago. So see, there's a like, vintage collection tie-in yes, for everybody yes. waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I need my super articulation or I'm going to die. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and everybody thought it was like, oh, a new chopper coming out. It's like, well, no, eh. maybe, but not yet. Not because it's on a box. Give it a few um, years, everybody. Yeah. 
So there were two vehicles in this line, uh, including Ezra Bridger's speeder with Ezra Bridger for the low, low price of $19.99. This Ezra figure now has his season two, end of season one facial scars and a hook on his belt to hang his lightsaber, which splits the blade from the hilt. So if you're going to get an Ezra with a lightsaber, that's my pick. Cool. And this uh, vehicle was repacked in the Rogue One line and way massively overproduced. And this is something I saw at Toys R Us all the time as it was uh, nearing its as it was in its death throes. Um, but yeah, but the same exact speeder is now seen in the trailer as Sabine's speeder. So can I get a $45 version of this instead, please, with a <laughs> civilian Sabine? That would be awesome. Ooh, yeah. Didn't think about that. I'd like that. Probably easy just to buy this and repaint it. But uh, anyway. Yeah, that sounds like work, though. So. <laughs> How's about I do it for me? Um, but they repainted something. It was the Y-Wing Scout Bomber with Kane and Jarrus for $24.99. Repaint of a Clone Wars vehicle from a few years earlier, now with yellow highlights to match the Ghost and the Phantom. And it now included a little riser for the astromech socket in the back, so you could give Chopper a little booster seat back there. Uh, Kanan was the same figure, but with a new head with a Jedi pilot headset uh, based on the ones seen in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And this was also repacked a year later in the Rogue One line look, perhaps unnecessarily. Yes. And so let's just jump into the Rogue One line look. That was 2016 to 2017. Yes. Basic figure still $7.89, but now the figures had giant action feature accessories. Instead of the builder weapons, usually rocket launchers, big old backpacks, or zip lines. And these included five uh, Rebels figures, including Kanan Jarrus in Stormtrooper disguise, Sabine Wren in her Season 2 appearance, now with a removable helmet, uh, Princess Leia Organa in her Season 2 uh, appearance in her Macquarie-inspired outfit, Grand Admiral Thrawn, the only Season 3 figure that Hasbro produced in the animated look, and he had a rank badge error where both the figure and the card had six red over six blue squares. You knew we could uh, not talk about rank badges. <laughs> um, but then they were corrected to add the gold squares on both the figure and the card, I believe. And he was fairly hard to get it. This line got harder to get as it went on mm-hmm. until the final wave, uh, which included Finn Rao in his season two appearance. Um, he made it out overseas. I was looking at some of this coverage from the time. But Entertainment Earth shipped him out in October 2017, five months after the other figures in this wave were shipped by them. Well, after the line had ended and uh, all the other figures had come and gone. Um, they had one two-pack in this line from Rebels, which was Darth Maul and the Seventh Sister Inquisitor, uh, which was a fun set with lots of accessories. And this incredibly tiny little uh, droid for the Seventh Sister to hold or for you to lose. I've lost that so many times. <laughs> and yet... I found it each time, but thank oof. God that's, you just got to find it every time. I love how many figures they did from the Malachor uh, episodes. Like yep. they've, you can build out pretty much everything except for that eighth brother. And you can have Vader riding on his TIE fighter. Mm-hmm. So they had two vehicles from rebels in this line, which were the repaint of Ezra speeder as the Imperial speeder with ATDP pilot for 1999 again. Uh, with a repack of the pilot figure, which was a cool design. So again, not that they're going to repaint the same basic one, but yeah, yeah, they could. Um, and then the controversial one, the most controversial one that everyone is still very upset about to this day, Harrison Dula's A-Wing with Harrison Dula Phoenix Leader for twenty nine ninety nine. It had a hair figure with a new helmeted head and the infamous Nerf gun. So only... Four vehicles included Nerf guns, but for somehow the entire five POA line gets a bad rap. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, it gets a bad rap in and of itself, but the vehicles, for some reason, everybody thinks they all had Nerf guns, I guess. Uh, maybe they got hit in the head with one too many Nerf guns, but for you, Rogue One vehicles. You did forget had. there was one in the Force Awakens line. Which one? The Millennium Falcon. Oh, yes. I did forget that one. I forgot about that one. But that one, okay, so yes. So <laughs> there were four Rogue One vehicles that had it, uh, including the AT-ACT, the U-Wing, uh, the TIE Striker, which had a repaint from Toys R Us, a Scarif version, so that's a fifth if you want, and then Hera's A-Wing. So some of those, the Falcon, the AT-ACT, and the U-Wing, hid the firing mechanisms. They were so all big enough too. Yeah, so if you don't want to see them, you don't have to. You just keep the missile fires tucked away and live your life and have sweet dreams and you'll be fine. <laughs> um, but the uh, the TIE Fighter and the A-Wing kind of had them out for all to see. The TIE Fighter, it's not as obvious, but the A-Wing, it's hard to miss because it's a smaller ship. Um, but, you know, God forbid anyone ever have fun with the Star Wars toys. That's not allowed <laughs> around these parts. Um, yeah, there were no Nerf items ever again in the 3.75 inch line after that. But people latch on to them as examples of everything wrong with the world. And you will see, still hear complaints about them echo through the hallways of certain social media platforms to this day. I, for one, am grateful for that uh, A-Wing with Hera. That's the only Hera figure that I have in my collection. Oh, really? Well. Not for long, but yeah. Well, outside of the um, the one that we shouldn't talk about. But yes. yes. We'll yeah. talk about that momentarily. Yeah. But <laughs> There was uh, one more figure of note from Disney's Droid Factory, and that's Chopper. Yes. Who, that's a fantastic figure. That's a really good figure. He has everything you need out of a Chopper. He's got articulated arms in the head that you can remove. He's got uh, an extra leg to uh, mimic the episode where he finds his original style leg. It's a great figure. He's got a swappable uh, you know, third uh, wheel that can come out and stuff. Um I will say just thank you again for yes, hooking yes. me up with that figure. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. I forget. Is it carded? Is yours carded? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But uh, he was released on a single card at Celebration 2017 in a vintage inspired packaging sort of on the blister um, under the Droid Factory branding. And this figure is about as articulated and detailed as Chopper can get. Um, and that this figure that has never been re-released as a Chopper, but it has been repainted a number of times, including the new C1 MNST4, right? Uh, Frankenstein, mm -hmm. Halloween, Frankenstein's monster, excuse me, Halloween figure. And yeah, last year is the C1940. Uh, yes, which I, that's one of the few that I do not have. So hook, hook a brother up, please, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yes, of course, we just got to say real quick, they had a lot of figures in the Black Series six inch line, I guess. Yes, yes. I did because, write for just for yes. listeners out there. I did write in the notes. We can skip this if need be. I'm just, <laughs> but it, yeah. it is part of the the, the canon history. of yeah the history here. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So as I said, real quick, Vintage Collection ended a couple years before Rebels came out and it came back right after it ended. But Black Series is running strong when Rebels was on. Do you yes. want to take it on or do you not want to take the heat on the Black Series talk? Nah, man, I'm, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> People got to like you, John. They don't need to like me. I'm deflecting. I'm deflecting. Yes. I've so, talked enough about 5POA and Nerf. I said nice things about the Nerf line. So <laughs> you got to talk Black Series now. So yes, while the show was running, Black Series got in realist, uh, realistic interpretations. Uh, Kanan Jarrus, uh, Ahsoka Tano, Harrison Dula, Sabine Wren and her season one look, and Grand Admiral Thrawn. 
there were three releases of Thrawn. Uh, there was the San Diego Comic-Con deluxe kind of one with tons of cool accessories, including um, Hera's family, uh, uh, Calicori, is that what they are? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, of course, the mainline release that was part of the Triple Force Friday in 2017. Not triple, and, that was just, that was Force Friday 2. Oh, that Excuse was just me. Force Friday 2. Sorry. Yes. yes thank yes, you. Yes, yes, um, And then, of course, uh, Archive recently with Photo Reel. So uh, the new TVC Thrawn looks to use this likeness as a base, um, as Mickelson has not been shown officially until just very recently. Um, so, yeah. Yes. And then there were two, uh, the rest of the ghost crew was added a little bit after the series ended, not the rest, but uh, yeah. Chopper and Ezra were added 2019, I want to say. Yes. Um, and then one more in 2020, or was that 2021? When they released uh, all the- 2020. Yeah, they re-released all the others again with Photoreal, um, but they added Zeb to the crew. So again, they had already done it when the show was out, and then they just added the last few after that. Yep, Zeb, all new sculpt, deluxe. Everybody said they were excited for him. Went straight to clearance. <laughs> but will they ever have a ghost to put them in? No, they won't. That's only for <laughs> 3.75. <laughs> there were a few other uh, gaming grades from Battlefront 2 in the Black Series that were originally sourced from Rebels that go right alongside these guys, yep. including the uh, both releases of the Imperial Jump Trooper and Rocket Trooper, one of which has a uh, yellow shoulder, which would be a very easy uh, stormtrooper figure to repaint in vintage collection, as we suggested last week on Instagram, as well as Darth Maul Old Master, uh, based on the Mandalore uh, Maul figure, which again I wish they would do in 3.75 as well, because there were never any more Rebels figures in 3.75 inches again. Oh wait! <laughs> finally, 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 they are coming to the vintage collection. The crew always does well in the SWTBC March Madness tournaments, along with uh, villains like Grand Admiral Thrawn, uh, who was recently revealed for the main line of the Vintage Collection as the first announced Rebels figure in the line. Up for pre-order now coming this fall. Um, as we mentioned, the Grand Inquisitor made the jump to live action in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, also coming in the same, same wave as Thrawn. So it is an Obi-Wan Kenobi figure, but you can display him with the Rebels figures as well, of course. Um, and of course, the Ghost HasLab running right this minute. Go back to the HasLab. Go hashtag get the ghost. It includes the first ever season three and four versions of Hera in any scale. And will include the first ever season three and four versions of Ezra Bridger, Kanan Jarrus, and Zeb Aurelius if it hits those tiers. And if it continues on this trajectory and gets the big boost at the end, it always does. It most certainly will. So get excited about that. Uh, Sabine Wren is also coming in her Ahsoka appearance, which is based on her Season 4 epilogue outfit. with Some cues from her earlier look in Season 4, which they will most assuredly use to uh, get out her previous uh, Rebels looks as well. Yeah, yeah, that giant helmet is totally based on animation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, trying to keep it light here, folks, but we definitely <laughs> need a, a different helmet, whether it's removable but scaled properly or not removable and again scaled properly just scale it properly do yeah, whatever yeah, you get to yeah. do from there <laughs> yikes um but uh chopper is coming to the line as well at least as a dome on the phantom 2 so that's a start but there uh come on come on guys there's zero chance they're not gonna release him to go with the other ghost crew come on yeah he's gotta be coming yeah so final thoughts as we wrap up uh our rebels talk yeah how about you start john i'll start i've just been talking i'll take a breath <gasps> all right so <laughs> I said the Rebels figures, they get a bad rap for being simple, but if you can get over that and appreciate them for what they are, not, you know, diss them for what they aren't, you'll see a really nice group of figures. It's fun, colorful, 
and includes the entire main cast of the show, plus a great assortment of secondary characters, which again, that's hard to come by sometimes these days, but uh, the vehicles all have really nice sculpts and should be able to sit right alongside the upcoming vintage collection figures in your displays. Um, on a personal note, I had moved to New York right before the first season came out, so I have a lot of fun memories of going to Hasbro events in the city, talking about the Rebels line with the Hasbro uh, crew, or going to the Times Square Toys R Us RIP twice, because that ended before Toys R Us did, and getting a lot of this stuff there. Um, so as for the series itself, I last watched it a couple years ago, and I loved it even more this time, now knowing the characters' backstories, where they came from, where they'd end up, so I'm really excited to see them continue the story. Finally. In the Ahsoka series. Yeah, man. Same, same. Um, just to kind of reiterate again, for me, talking about the toys, um, I, I agree with you, John. I, I love what you wrote up there and uh, what you just said. Uh, instead of saying you wrote it, what you just said to the people who listen to this show. Um, you know, again, I was not collect. Uh, I was not collecting actively at this time. The Force Awakens was my reentry to the hobby. Um, I do remember watching Rebels as it aired. Uh, I didn't have Disney XD, so it was hard to track down. I'll just that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> and while I vividly remember watching Spark of the Rebellion, uh, which was the premiere, and enjoying it, it wasn't. Uh, it was kind of a rough transition from the Clone Wars for me, um, as I mentioned with the animation. Even though I wasn't collecting actively, though, I'd still often go on toy hunts and, you know, check out the toy aisles and even go to Toys R Us. Yes, again, RIP, uh, to check out what Star Wars stuff was being offered. So I was disappointed seeing TVC figures replaced by similar 5PO or sorry, simpler uh, 5POA stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't initially all that interested. Um, as I said, I remember seeing the Jedi Temple Guard at Kohl's and passing on it. Dumb, stupid 23 to 24 year old me anyway, <laughs> uh, because of limited articulation and seeming cheapness of the three and three quarter inch figure line, I, I definitely found myself more attracted to the Black Series between 2015 and 2018. Boo me all you want. I had fun collecting that line for that short while. Um, but, you know, it just couldn't. It didn't have the staying power. It didn't feel the same. Didn't, didn't have the hit. ghost. Yeah. Nope. Didn't have the ghost. So, but yeah. Um, but yeah, for the series itself, I think I've mentioned before, I, I, I find myself enjoying it more and more each time I do a rewatch I'm doing I'm in the middle of a rewatch right now absolutely loving it even the stuff that I didn't like the first time or stuff that I didn't quite come around to on a previous rewatch I find myself looking at and being like oh cool that's great um, you know, I was put off kind of by the series at first because I can sometimes be one of those. If it doesn't deal with the Jedi, Sith, Force, lightsabers, all that stuff, I'm not interested, people. Um, that's kind of my favorite aspect of Star Wars. So imagine my delight and Rebels really hit the ground running when it came to exploring what it meant, as you said, to be a Jedi and many, many other facets, some old, some new of the Force and the metaphysical aspects of Star Wars. So, yes, I will say I didn't have it in the notes, but uh I reread what Dave Filoni had said about the world between worlds, which was the aspect introduced towards the end of Rebels. Yeah. And he said, it's a place where, you know, all these different elements of Star Wars can come together and live. You know, it's, you hear voices from the prequels, the originals, and even the sequels. Um, and that's kind of what Rebels is overall. Like we said, it's a lot of Clone Wars stuff for the Clone Wars fans. It's a lot of original trilogy stuff for original trilogy fans who sometimes think that, again, we always said that they think that Star Wars ended in 1983, but <laughs> this is a really nice way to spend some time in the world of the original trilogy and Rogue One and everything and the time leading up to that. So if you haven't given, a sh given it a shot, give it a shot. That's all I'm going to say about that. Absolutely. After having said a lot about it for the last hour and a half. I'm not going to try to outdo that. That's perfect, John. Uh -huh. That's the perfect stamp to put thank on you, that. You. <laughs> so. 
But yeah, well, let's wrap it up, I suppose, unless there's anything else you want to talk about Rebels related or otherwise, John. Get the ghosts. Yep. Get the ghost. Get the ghost. Um, we've got we've gotten four backers since we started recording. So, you know, ooh. it's better than nothing. OK, so all we have to do is just do hour and a half long recording sessions all day, every day. Uh, <laughs> keep yeah. it going. But <laughs> anyway, well, thanks, John, for chatting Rebels and going through Thank all you. that with me. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, as most of you should be aware at this point, we're continuing on the Return of the Jedi 40 uh, mini beat of what we do and how we're celebrating it uh, with SWTVC and on this podcast and on the live streams where we are sharing yours, the community's stories. Uh, So this week uh, I want to share one from Moxel who wrote, my mom drove my best friend and I to the theater on opening day and dropped us off. She let us skip school. We were nearly first in line. I was 12 years old. When the emperor first came on screen, adults in the theater were screaming obscenities at him and flipping him off. It was glorious. I'll never forget it. Uh, to which a uh, friend of the show, Milky Way Skywalker, also chimed in uh, in response to the story with, yep, everyone hated Vader too. So, <laughs> yep. I love I love these little Return of the Jedi memories. Again, we'll keep doing this throughout the rest of 2023 to continue the Return of the Jedi original trilogy. Star Wars ended in 1983 vibes. So. <laughs> Ah, yeah. All right. And then here's the part of the show where I get a little beggy. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast using the handy dandy link in our Instagram bio. That is at SWTVC on Instagram. It does help us out big time as we continue to grow. And it also just means a lot to us. So we'd appreciate it. All right. I think that does it for this episode. John, you good? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. Oh, always. And speaking of always, as always... Keep 375 alive. Back TVC. Balance the scales Hasbro. Finish the 96. Get the ghost. Bring home Bridger. Clamor for Kanan. Zoom for Zeb. And may the force be with you. Mm